We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Inspired by the presence of Captain Jack Youngblood, playing in pain with his broken leg. A savage ram defense. They hand it to Steven. Great jump cut. 45 seconds. a whole burst to it. 20. Nice steps to tackle. Runs left. 25 still on his feet. 46-yard goal by number 39. Running back, number 29, Eric Dickerson. Johnny Hecker. A high school quarterback. He's got a throw. The fake is on it. He's got a first down to Stephen Bailey. Mike Jones made the tackle. And the Rams have won the Super Bowl. Super Bowl. Rams Talk Radio with Derek C. Apollo and Michael Stewart. Welcome to Rams Talk Radio. This is Derek C. Apollo with my co-host tonight. Tommy Evans is back. We're going to talk a little bit about his his drafts of the past. We're going to talk about some Holy Ghost Jones, some Matt Stafford. But first things first, Tommy, how you doing? Hey, hey, hey. How's it going, everybody? Beautiful, Another beautiful day in the neighborhood, right? Beautiful day. Absolutely. And you know what's great about today? What? On my end, school's out. School school's is out for out the summer. For summer. Who's, who, who did that? Song? Was that was that Foghat who did that song? Who did that? The Foghat did Alex Slow Ride. Cooper, I believe. Yeah, I'm thinking about. I'm thinking about. Daisy Confused, because Slow Ride was on that soundtrack. Alice Cooper's on that soundtrack. Remember that you you saw that movie. 
nineties classic. About a thousand times. <laughs> About a thousand times. Here's the question. All right, all right. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> Did you live it? Did you live it though? L I V I N, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and, and remember the, the scene frying like bacon. Remember that scene? Dude. Had the girls? Yeah, of course. Man. Oh my god, such gosh. a good movie. Such and a good movie. so many people don't understand it. Like, how do you no. not it's understand our, it's, it? It's our, it's our parents' generation, basically, right? <laughs> Pretty much, That's yeah. basically, who was in that movie? And my parents, you know they they had me at a very young age when they were still in high school. Still living that. I mean, there's pictures of my mom and dad, and they look like they were in that movie, dude. <laughs> I would love to see those pictures. I, I know my mom to. looked like my mom looked like a hippie. Yeah, my my parents were hippie musicians. That's how I got into the music industry. So, getting into sports was a little odd for me and my family because my family was more mus- musicians and hippie stoner type guys, and and I you know, gravitated to music because of my father, but I was fascinated with sports and my great grandmother watched it, but that was the only one in my family who did. So she kind of got me into sports. Uh, I mean, there's always someone though. There's always, there's always, there. there's there's always, always someone. Way. Exactly. Always someone. All right. So we're here to talk some football, talk some Rams. And I'm going to hit this right away because it's been in the news a little bit. We'll knock this one out first. Julio Jones, wide receiver of the Falcons, on the trade block. Apparently, he's saying he's saying he's out of there. He's gone. Okay, the Rams have been brought up for this. Is yeah, this even possible always- in your view? <laughs> I mean, anything's possible. You know, since the Rams have moved back to LA, they've made more blockbuster trades than any other team you know it's they're just always doing something i think they're just trying to get the attention of the city you know and and the only way you can really do that is to swing for the fences and and make sure you're trying to win at all costs um as far as julio jones is concerned i mean we have a pretty awesome wide receiver group Obviously, adding him to the mix would, I mean, in my opinion, it would make us unstoppable. I mean, how do you cover all those guys, right? You know? How would you? And you can't. <laughs> That's the answer. You, can't. you You really can't. If if people stay healthy. Yeah. My, my, my question is, uh, I am not trying to be the Debbie Downer here, but of course, somebody out there will accuse me of being just that. Is where do you find the draft picks for this? Where do you find, basically, where do you find the, the goodies to send Atlanta? Because in terms of high-level draft picks and in terms of players you would want to possibly move, they ain't there at this point. No. So do you know what they're asking? Because they kind of said it today on the Pat McAfee show. They're not looking for much. Which is really surprising. They're looking for a second or a third. And it's been reported there's a first round pick on the table. That was just reported today as well. That, yeah, definitely. But they're not, you know, that's not, it wasn't a requirement. I was surprised to hear that they were willing to just give up a second or a third 
you know, and Pat McAfee made a good point. I'd give up three or four third-round picks four years in a row and throw a second in there, too, because, you know, playing in the NFL, we all know this. A lot of guys that played in the NFL, he's like, the chances of you hitting on your draft picks are slim to none. He's like, I've seen it year in and year out when I played in the league. Guys would come in and out of the locker room every year, getting drafted, wouldn't make the team, you know. So to trade a whole bunch of second and third round picks for a guy that's one of the greatest to ever do it and could possibly, you know, get you over the top and win you a trophy, that's a priceless trade in my opinion. And I agreed with him, you know, you do it. So you think just go do it. If you know a second and a third, I'd do it right now. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. Why wouldn't you? I mean, we went out and traded the King's ransom to get our first, you know, franchise quarterback. In my opinion, we're trying to win the Super Bowl, obviously, in our own building this year. So why not? You know. I mean, <laughs> if you actually make a deal like this, you really are saying it's more bust because you're about to bust. I mean, at some point, the ability that you've had to develop talent over the years will be overshadowed, overshadowed by just the picks you trade away. Yeah. And so I think I have a hard time being cool with that because they've already spent so much you you could always say, hey, in a, in a deep draft, you can get good stuff in the second round, and be all right. The first round pick isn't always you know isn't isn't always a winner, anyways. Okay, but if you hit in that second round pick and you develop the other guys in that draft, like, you could still call that a successful draft. But the swing to, to move second round picks, third round picks, when you are you don't have first round picks. You really are saying, listen, we're going to go for the Super Bowl these next two years, and then we're going to rebuild, and we're going to rebuild in L.A. Yeah. I don't know how that flies, man. Honestly. No, I don't either. I, I mean, I'm when I'm saying go grab him for a second or third, I think it's a good deal, considering what the franchise situation has been over the last three years, giving away our future, you know, first-round pick after first-round pick. Um yeah, I think we could win the Super Bowl without Julio Jones. If you're asking my honest opinion, I think we don't need him. I think we could win it with the guys we have. I believe in this team. But, but, I mean, it's still tempting. Like, Of course, Julio Jones. of course it is. The rich can get richer, you know that. Um, And Julio wants to win in a lot of the places that they've mentioned him going to are not going to win. So why were they even mentioning these teams? I don't think a lot of the teams that they were talking about today on the radio. So they didn't get him where that, he though. needs to go. Where, where are they mentioning him going? Oh man. Off the top of my head. I think one of the teams was Washington and I, and don't get me wrong, dude, they're a top three defense. I, I think there might be the best in the league right now. And I know people are going to be like, oh, the Rams are the best. Okay, on paper, yeah, I get the stats and stuff. But if anyone paid attention to, like we talked about before, the Green Bay game, when Superman became Clark Kent, the Rams' defense became a joke. You know, 
So is our defense really the number one defense in the NFL, or is Aaron Donald just the best player in the history of the league? And he's that good. Because for the first time in his career, he got hurt, and our defense looks suspect. So, yeah, it's an illusion, in my opinion, because he's so great. You know, hmm. Washington has 11 guys on defense that, you know, if Chase Young missed the game, I think they could still be pretty good because they're drafting for all positions in Washington on defense, not just the positions that they deem to be elite and ignoring positions like middle linebacker. But that's just my opinion, you know. Yeah, I want to be great. All 11 guys need to be great. Not just three. Could you, you believe know? the Rams passed on that middle linebacker? You're going to really bring that up? <laughs> I mean, I guess I am, actually. I guess I am, because I'm still blown away by it. Yeah, I mean, I watched the Chiefs draft some of my favorite blue chip players. You know, right? I mean, my guy was drafted right after us to the Chiefs, Nick Bolton, so. I just don't see how Tutu Atwell provides value over Nick Bolton. Because I'm going to tell you right now, when you see Nick Bolton play for the Chiefs, everyone's going to go, yeah, maybe he was right. You know, I don't care about being right. I don't care about pointing myself on the shoulders, patting myself on the back. I care about the team staying relevant for the long haul, right? And the way you do that is you hit on draft picks because you get cheap labor for four years okay the green bay packers do it all the time they just keep rotating them in and out of there and they re-sign a couple of guys and that's about it you know um but you can only trade for so many blue chip players before you run out of money you gotta you gotta have superstars on rookie contracts to stay great you agree yeah i do and you know what that's actually, you know, for people who've listened to the podcast, I've been, I've been, I mean, you can, you can say I, I've been complaining, I've been whining, I'm, I admit it, concerning the salary cap. You see the news today, on the last day about the salary cap. Yeah, they've already <laughs> set, they've already set the salary cap for 2022. Even though we're not even done 2021 yet, they've already set the salary cap for 2022. And it's a $208 million, which actually, honestly, is lower than I thought it would be, okay, considering the money. But talk about the idiocy here. You have one down year. You drop the salary cap. You drop the salary cap after you've had one down year messing up rosters across the league, only to bump it up by like $32 million next year. Tell me that isn't idiotic to you. Yeah, and that number is not set in stone. It's just baseline. It could go higher. And it probably will. Yeah, it will. It should. Because the revenue is going to go through the roof. Because what what's going to happen this year and what is about to start happening, and we're already seeing it in other parts of the country. I live in California. We're more... It's funny. When it comes to a virus... Californians are more conservative. <laughs> Isn't that weird to say? <laughs> so, yeah, we are a little bit more stringent rules over here as far as that's concerned. But in two weeks, two and a half weeks or so, 
we're about to open the floodgates here, just like a lot of places have. And what you're seeing is Americans being in prison for a year in their houses, right? Mm-hmm. And people just want to get out, dude. I mean, on Saturdays in Los Angeles, I don't even like to leave my house right now because every freeway is a parking lot. Sundays are a little different because you got half the people going to church in the morning and the other half are still hungover from Saturday night. <laughs> so there's Sunday morning in Southern California is the best time to go anywhere. Or, you know, to run errands, go to the grocery store. Nobody's in there. It's great. Saturdays in California, don't leave your house. It's a nightmare. Your whole day is going to be in the car. It's exhausting. And then right now it's even worse because people are just going nuts. So I think that every NFL stadium is going to is not going to have an empty seat. I don't care if it's visiting fans, traveling, or what the case may be, but I have a feeling they're going to all be sold out every single game. You agree? I think so. And I think the TV ratings will still be off the hook. I think the addition of that regular season game. Uh, but that's what kind of blows me. It blows my mind that these these owners are are billionaires, billionaires. They are making tons of money. The league is making tons of money, and because you had one season where you didn't make money, you basically hammered a bunch of rosters. And those are the rosters who pay players. By the way, the cheap yeah. teams don't pay for it. It's the it's the rosters that actually are willing to go out there and put money, put money out there. It just it just drives me nuts. I'm sorry. The- no, it's not fair. You lower the cap, you're then you make the teams like the Rams who spend money over the cap. Bingo. It screws them. Yeah, you know. So you you know that ruined any chance of bringing back a John Johnson or um, you know even if you want to Troy Hill. Those options went bye bye real quick because of that. And that, to me, I've been complaining about that for a while. People are probably tired of hearing me complain about it, but the reality is, is you are you are messing with teams who deserve the opportunity because they've been willing to invest. Meanwhile, yeah. teams that have been sitting there, you know, thirty-five million below the cap for five years running are cheap all the time, all around. All of a sudden, they get parried the rest of the field by forcing them, you know, by I mean, just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, and then and then you're gonna bump it up to two eight, a thirty year. It's I, I this is something that bothers me tremendously. This whole thing needs overhaul. All right, so Julio Jones to the Rams. What are your odds? Not good. So where do you think he lands? <clears throat> That's a good question. I have no idea. So, I mean, what do you what, what would you think would be the top five spots for him to go, given teams that need to win, given teams that have the the willingness to pay out, you know, a decent amount of picks there? I don't want to say it, but San Francisco, <laughs> please don't. That's what I was thinking, 49ers, yeah. Patriots, 49ers, Patriots. Who else? Where I'm trying to think of it as if I was in Julio's shoes as well, right? Because we can put teams out there. But if I'm Julio and I look at New England, I'm like, Cam Newton and Mac Jones, yeah. This is my last shot. Am I really going to? Does he have a no trade? Huh? Does he have the ability to turn down a trade? 
I don't know. I mean, I'm sure that giving the circumstances of, you know, him being a loyal soldier there all these years and only playing for that team, maybe they'll do him a solid like they did Stafford <laughs> and give him a choice. How um, about this? I'm going to look at the salary caps here first, but I just was thinking, you know, another team that would be really interesting for me, a young team that has, you know, possibilities, the Buffalo Bills. Probably- yeah. Put him alongside Stephon Diggs. Yikes. Oh, my God. That's I a good wonder. One. I wonder. I know, I'm pulling this, their salary cap structure now. I just came to mind. Do they have the money yeah. for it? Yeah. You're right. And that's they have the money for team. it. No, they don't. Never mind. They, they have don't? to lose some. They wow. Have to lose some. Small market team up against it. At least they're swinging. You got to give them again, that. Yeah, at least they're swinging, right? Yeah, shit, give it to them, man. So you got to give it to the small market teams yeah. that are up against the cap. Either they're making bad deals or they're making moves, and they're not making bad deals because they're winning. So they're obviously doing something right. Yeah, I'm just over here looking though. Like, is there anything they can do to renegotiate? Now I bet you they have room to renegotiate some stuff down. Of course, you can. You can. You can fit anybody in anywhere. It's all math, dude. And the way, and even the way, I love listening to to Pat McAfee now because for one, he's hilarious. The guy is built for this. I think a lot of, <clears throat> I think a lot of existing radio guys don't like him. It's like when someone new comes into a business and they're just born for it, and they just steamroll everybody and, and rise up to the top as quickly as he has. Not only with his radio show on SiriusXM. But he's also the co-host of WWE's Friday Night SmackDown now. So the guy is just killing it. And today I was listening to Chris Russo real quick, who gets on my nerves, but yeah. he's on the same channel. And I turned the car on and he was on. And there somebody called in, was talking about how great it is that he has Pat McAfee on his channel now. And Chris' response was, well, that wasn't my decision. That was serious. I'm not going to take credit for that. What I got from that statement and the way he said it in his tone was he didn't want he didn't want that, but it wasn't his decision. So that sounds like a hater, in my opinion. You know, well, you but got a lot that of media field, man. And and I, I could care less. I don't care if you've been doing something for forty years. Just because you've been doing something for forty years doesn't mean you're good at it. It just means <laughs> you've been doing it for forty years, right? But some people are just born to do certain things because of the way they are or their personality or whatever. And Pat McAfee was born with a mic to have a microphone in his hand. I can't believe it took this long. The guy is a natural. And I love listening to him because he keeps it real. He's got a lot of friends in the business of sports, not just the NFL, who hook him up with, you know, inside stuff because they trust him and they like him. And he's not throwing people under the bus like Shannon Sharp did the other day. You know? Well, I mean, I've lost a lot of respect for Sellies. Oh, they're in big trouble, by the way. They're in big trouble, by the way, Fox Who? right now. So Fox. Fox. Yep. They're going to be uh, a lot of agents. A lot of people in the NFL right now are going to take some things away from that show in particular as far as access to players and people in general. So, yeah, they're in a little bit of trouble. Well, if they earned it, they earned it. And they earned it. Trust me. I thought for sure. And we're, me and a couple of the guys were talking about the other day. I thought for sure that that was an inside job. I thought, okay, Shannon called him before and said, hey, we're going to set this up. Like, you don't know you're on the air, but you're going to be on the air. And we're going to put it out there that you want to 
play for another team, but we're going to make it look like you don't know you're on the air. Because he didn't tell him he was on the air until the end of the call. All right? So for me personally, if he's supposed to be someone that you are mentoring and took under your wing as a father figure, whatever the case may be. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. There's no way you would do that to that kid, but apparently he did because I read what's going on right now and apparently they're in trouble. So apparently he didn't tell them ahead of time or whatever the case may be or didn't square that up with whoever needed to be squared up with. Regardless of how it went down, it was completely unprofessional and they're being hammered for it right now. You earn it. You get it. You got to know better than that, man. Yeah, not cool. Never want. I would if that was if I was in that position. I would never want to talk to these guys again. Period. No. Not even close. Not even close. Okay, Matt Stafford. Moving on. Want to talk about him real quick? Time out for our sponsor. All right, so Tommy, the word out of, you know, what we're hearing, you know, on Stafford is he's jumping in, not restricted by anything, uh, learning on the fly, hear all the typical wording that comes with the Rams right now. They're, they're, very close to the vest. They don't really give you a whole lot of meat. And that, by the way, that's not a bad thing when you're trying to keep te- keep a low profile, keep things in the DL. So, what is what are you what is your take though on what we are hearing about Stafford thus far? I mean, it's all I don't know. It's all coach speak type stuff, but it's just the way it is every year. I don't really pay attention to the media coverage and this or that. I just pay attention to what I see and what, you know, I evaluate everything on my own. I don't really listen to what people say as far as that's concerned, because it's so repetitious when you've been a fan of the league for 35 years, it's like listening to the same junk over and over and over and over every year, no matter what month it is. It's almost like I could predict which month they're going to talk in the off season, what they're going to talk about, because you have to come up with some sort of, Content, especially when you have daily shows now, like a good morning football on the NFL network, you got to come up with all kinds of stuff. But as far as Stafford's concerned, it doesn't matter what anyone says. It doesn't matter about any of that. He's going to show everybody what he truly is made of because he's going to get that stage now. He's not in a small market anymore. He's in the second largest market in the United States. And the guy is a great quarterback. 
and all of his teammates that he's ever played with in his whole life know it, and they'll tell you that. And everybody in the league that played against him will tell you that too. So when fans go online and say stupid things like that, Padford and all that crap, even Ram fans are doing it, which is ridiculous. Like you're you're running down a guy who's ten times better than Jared Goff because we traded away your quarterback. He was all of our quarterbacks. Okay? He won a lot of games because of Sean McVay. Do you think he would have won a lot of games if Jeff Fisher was our coach for the last four or five years? Probably not. Sean McVay is able to take lemons and turn them into lemonade. All right? That's what he did with Jared Goff. He doesn't really have to do anything with Matt Stafford other than give him the keys to the car and let him drive it. He doesn't need to hold his hand. If you want a quarterback that needs their hand, he'll go be a Detroit Lions fan because we got a franchise quarterback now that's going to – I joke about it all the time, and I put you know gifts online like – of someone taking their earpiece out and throwing it on the ground. And I put it on Twitter and said, this is what Matt Stafford's going to do if Sean is barking in his ear about some audible or something. He's going to throw it down on the ground and be like, yeah, I got this, man. You're good, dude. <laughs> you know, That's why I'm excited. Because we have a guy who can do it himself. Doesn't he, don't, he doesn't need any help, dude. You know, Sean will be a second set of eyes for him out there. And that's it, which is exactly what a great quarterback needs to put him over the top. Look at Aaron Rodgers the last couple of years with, with LaFleur. His second set of eyes. LaFleur doesn't tell Rodgers anything. Rodgers runs that offense. LaFleur is his second set of eyes. Hey, are you seeing this? Hey, are you seeing that? Oh, hey, check this out. You know those conversations are going on. You got two young coaches that are, you know, now Sean's working with a veteran superstar quarterback. Those relationships are going to have to be in line, right? And I think that seeing what's going on with Rodgers and the floor and how great they've worked together, I think that Sean and Matt are going to do the same. So let me ask you a question here. How much does this make Sean McVay better as a coach without having to worry about things we think he had to worry about with Jared Goff? I think once we get into the games, maybe like – I don't know, two to four games into this regular season, I think you're going to see a calmer McVeigh. I don't think you're going to see him as edgy or stressed out running around calling timeouts way early in the game and wasting them like Mike March used to do all the time, being a control freak because he doesn't trust the guy who's out there. I think it was worse with March too because he had two guys in Kurt and Mark Bolger that didn't need his, their hands held and he still didn't trust them which made him a bad coach at the end of the day, and mm -hmm. that's why he's out of the league now, okay? Because no matter how good you are at coaching football, your own personality and who you are also falls into all of that. It's all part of the job, and if you're not likable and you're not a good person, you know, you're going to see yourself on the unemployment line. You know, I think we're going to see a lot calmer, Sean. He's not going to feel as anxious. Well, I think we're going to find out who Sean McVay really is that coach this year, honestly. You know, because in the last couple of years, when you've seen offensive line injuries, when you've had issues at quarterback, and he's not feeling comfortable with what he can and can't do, 
you could always say, well, that's why he only tried certain things in certain situations. This is why he only did this. This is why he went away from the screen here. This is why he consistently made this call. Well, now you've got a quarterback you could trust out there. Now you have, you know, and you have pieces around him. You, yeah, just to, and just to use their own draft strategy, you went and got two two Atwell, right? To be in a weapon form, right? Regardless of whether you agree with that decision or not, you're getting him weapons. You're putting people around him. You are providing him with tools. So now you've given Stafford all the tools you need, given Sean McVay all the tools he needs. You would think at this point that we would see the real Sean McVay who he is. Or will we see some of the same things that concerns before? Will he show that he is the this wonderkind? Okay. Or is he going to be the guy that we've had question marks here and there throughout the last couple of years? That's what I'm interested in seeing. I'm willing to bet that we're going to see a, a coach who can be dynamic again and struggle yeah. to be dynamic in the last couple of years. I think he's going to play Madden in real life. That's what I think. Yeah, Madden in real life. I, I do. I think he's going to take the chances we take in Madden when we're playing it because he can, because he's got a guy out there that he can trust to sling it. I mean, I'm not just talking sling it, but sling it into a into double coverage and knock a guy right between the numbers on a sidearm throw. You know, that's what we're going to see, dude. We're going to see some some wild flea flicker, double reverse. You're, you're, man, I, I don't know, dude. I think he's going to take the gloves off. I feel sorry for defenses, dude, to be honest with you. Now, my question is, with that being what it is, does the Rams defense have enough? As long as Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey and Jordan Fuller stay healthy, we should be okay. Those three guys are super important. Obviously, let's not forget about Darius Williams. But he's so far proven to be durable. All right? We just got to make sure that Ramsey and, and Ramsey and Donald, very durable in their careers. Aaron Donald never missed a game or never missed in, you know, never got hurt until last year. He's like Superman. When he got hurt, I couldn't believe it. I was like, wait a minute. What? He's, he's hurt? That can happen? Like, that's because it hasn't happened yet. As long as those guys stay healthy, we'll be okay. Um, I'm really starting to see, and I talked about this a few weeks ago with a couple of the guys, but if, if I was putting two linebackers out there to start the season, I'm taking the rookie, Ernest Jones, and Traven Howard. And, and people are like, oh, my God, you're going to put two guys out there who didn't even play last year? Yeah, I don't care. I already know what those guys can do. I want to see what these guys can do because those guys are fast and they're smart. So Traven Howard was in line to start last year next to Micah Kaiser, and then he got a season-ending injury and didn't get to play. He, I think he gets his job back, and I think the kid – gets in there and and plays well too. They and like I told you before, I think they took him too early. I had him graded later, but I mocked him multiple times in the later rounds because I was always taking two linebackers in my mock drafts. So I would always take a Nick Bolton or a Chaz Surratt um type guys earlier and then later guys like Ernest Jones. So when they drafted him, I wasn't mad because I like him. I just thought that they could have got him later and got another guy. And got two because I wanted two linebackers, but whatever. Apparently, so, our team doesn't care about linebackers. <laughs> I mean, apparently not. Speaking of your draft, let's go through. You have you have uh, recovered some past drafts. Which one do you want to go through? 
Uh, let's let's look at the 2016 draft. All right. The first year in Los Angeles, I was at the draft party at LA Live with my wife. It was a fun time, exciting for us considering, you know, I got my team back home for the first time since I was 16 years old. That's how old I was when I was left. That's why I never changed teams, by the way. I was too young to be angry. I loved my team too much, so I was a St. Louis Rams fan for 21 years. But uh, it was awesome. But my draft, so the 2016 draft, when the Rams traded up to the number one pick, it screamed PR to me. Okay, you're moving to Los Angeles. You got to make a splash, blah, blah, blah. It's like watching a sports tv show play itself out it's almost a predictable script in my opinion all right so i just kind of laughed and that's why i told my wife it's a pr stunt we traded up and we're gonna grab a qb of course you know so we can you know have our star qb on paper for our los angeles rams whatnot i didn't like either quarterback coming out as a top one or two qb in the draft i just i just didn't think they had it you know i thought carson wasn't going to hold up physically. And I just didn't think Jared was that good. You know, I, I, the weaknesses that were in his scouting report and that you could see visibly um, on paper when he played at Cal were concerned for me. So I, once we traded up I, and I knew we were taking a quarterback, I was like, well, if it was me, I would take Carson because I think he's the better. I think he's the better overall football player. Take away his injuries and, and whatnot. I just think he's better. Um, but we took Jared and I said, well, whatever, you know, it is what it is. But my draft that I, that I did on paper, I did not trade up to the number one pick. So I kept all of our draft picks and I didn't draft a quarterback. I, cause I just didn't think that the 2016 draft was worthy of mortgaging the future for a QB. And I didn't think we were going to win a damn thing. The first year we were in L.A. anyway, because Jeff Fisher was our coach and he never wins more than seven games. So what's the point of trading up drafting QB if you're not even going to win enough games to get to the playoffs anyway? Who cares? And they didn't even win seven. They only won four. It was a horrible season. I was sitting in the Coliseum watching us getting blown out by like 40 points every game. It was disgusting. The good part about it was as I didn't care about the games. I knew we were going to stink. I was just happy my team was home and I was just getting hammered in the stands with my friends every game. And I wasn't even paying attention to the game half of the time, dude. I'm not going to lie because we weren't good, you know, so I didn't care. I was just. For a whole season, I was just happy that. My team was home and I could go be a season ticket holder for the first time in my life. That was exciting for me. Win, lose or draw. But yeah, I didn't uh, I didn't trade the picks. So you want to go through. Who the Rams picked and then who I took real quick. Yeah, let's do it. So number one overall, the Rams took Jared Goff. I sat at pick 15 and I took Xavier Howard, the cornerback from Baylor. And everyone's like, wow, what did you take a corner for? You already had a bunch of good corners. Well, the rich get richer, my man. And uh, some of the guys that we drafted were on their last year of their contracts. You know, Jack Rabbit, Tremaine, type guys like that, right? Mm-hmm. So I felt backfilling that position 
was the right thing to do for the salary cap. And that's what I did. Xavier Howard is a top three cornerback in the NFL right now. Thank you very much. Um, next pick. We won't get to the Rams pick for a while because they traded all their second round picks. And I didn't. Pick 43, I took outside linebacker Deion Jones from LSU, who's had a great career. Pretty dang good in Atlanta, you agree? Not bad, right? Yeah, pretty darn good. (laughs) (laughs) Pick pick 45, this is where it gets really, really good. I took Yannick Ndokwe, defensive end from Maryland. (laughs) Oh, man, this just... When I go back and look at these, my brother finally started digging these up because he kept all the thumb drives over the years and, and he's moved so many times, started digging them up. And he saw on Twitter during this draft and I was doing all the mock drafts, people on Twitter giving me a hard time, calling me a armchair GM and all these stupid jokes or whatnot. So he, he sent me a couple of these and said, why don't you go show these idiots how it's done? Because I, I can't stand people hammering all your hard work that you've done over the years on Twitter. I'm like, yeah, they, they but they don't know what we do, Chris. They're just making jokes, whatever it is, what it is. But I've been doing this since 2002 and we actually work really hard at it. So when people, you know, discount what we do and say, because we don't get paid to do it, we don't know what we're talking about. It's disrespectful in my opinion, because you're actually insulting my IQ. You know, we work hard at this and it's fun to me. Madden franchise mode is what started us all on this. So it just gave us an extra insight to the, to how the organizations ran and it made it a little more fun for us. So let's get back to it. Uh, pick 76. I took tight end Austin Hooper from Stanford. Not a bad career. Pretty decent. Nope, not a bad career. The, Ram- the Rams um, drafted a pretty damn good tight end at pick 110. Tyler Higby, who's still on our team. I'm a big fan. I like him as a person, as a player. So they did a good job at that one. So we both drafted some pretty decent tight ends. I think overall they the Rams um, beat me on that one. I think Tyler Higby is better than Austin Hooper. Do you agree? And they got him later too, didn't they? Yeah, they got him at 110. Yeah. Good pick. At 110, I took safety Miles Killebrew out of South Utah. A little bit of a flyer. He's been in Detroit most of his career, kind of floundering. He's all right. I put my faith in him. Not that great, but, you know. You can't hit on them all. Rams at 117 took wide receiver Farrell Cooper from South Carolina. Didn't do much in his career at all. He started off well, and then he yeah. muffled those kicks in the playoff game that pretty much wrecked his career there. Pretty much. I mean, that was it. He yeah. actually he was a guy who he was a special team star for this for this team, and then bam, done. But that that's what sh- shows what you're made of is, is too with a lot. I was explaining this to my wife with a lot of these young players, like some players go through pop Warner high school and college and never lose a game, mm-hmm. never lost a game in their career. And they go to the NFL and they start playing against the 1500 best players in the world and realize maybe they're not that great. And there goes their ego and their self-confidence getting crushed. So Basically, what happened to Farrah Cooper is you just told me he fumbled two punts and got in his feelings and his career went to shit. Excuse my language, but that's pretty much what happened, you know, and that's kind of embarrassing if you really think about it. You dropped two balls and that got and that got you in your feelings that much that your career just fizzled out after that. Wow. Wow. That just goes to show this isn't for everybody, you know. Pretty much. 
Pretty much. <laughs> Come on. Do, do you fumble two balls and then you just cry in the car for the rest of your life and never do anything again? Wow. Adversity is something not a lot of people can handle, you know. I took at 117 a little bit better of a player. Inside linebacker Blake Martinez from another player I took from Stanford in this draft. I like that team that year. It's pretty good. Not a bad career in Green Bay, right? No. (laughs) Rams take another tight end at 177. Tamarick Hemingway from South Carolina State did nothing with his career. He's still playing, though. Yeah, he's still getting a paycheck. That's the way you want to put it. <laughs> um, pick 177. When you get lo- way down in the draft, this is where uh-huh. you can take your flyers. I don't think you should be taking flyers in the first three rounds, in my opinion. If you got a blue chip guy, grab the blue chip guy. But later on, this is where you get to have some fun. So I took the wide receiver from Germany, Moritz Boehringer. He ended up getting drafted to the Vikings and never really doing anything, but it was a cool story, right? Yeah. You always want to throw guys like that a bone. And so I did. Didn't do anything in the NFL, but, you know, a lot of people <laughs> late in the draft don't. Rams at um, 190 took inside linebacker Josh Forrest from Kentucky. Yeah. Just around for a couple of years, I think. Yeah. Didn't do much. But at that at- point. Best expected. At, at 190, I went a little uh, Fisher-esque and took fullback Derek Watt from Wisconsin. <laughs> I just thought if you put him in front of Todd Gurley, you know, let's go. We're a running team. Get that guy out there to knock people out like they did back in the day and control the clock. I think he's a pretty good player. You had Derek Watt there? Yeah. I took Derek Watt. <laughs> you had Derek Watt there? Yeah. Man. <laughs> I like tough guys, and he's a tough guy. And know? he's played in 64 NFL games. Yeah, he's pretty good. Isn't he? What team is he on now? Pittsburgh, last check, right? Oh, he plays with his brother. That's even better. Love it. <laughs> Imagine getting all three of them there. I thought they were going to pull that off, by the way. I didn't they almost Arizona. did. How cool would that have been? That would have been pretty cool. Not a Steelers fan, but just having you know your brothers with you playing football on the same team. Come on, man. It's unheard of, you know. All right. We're down to the last pick in the 2016 draft. The Rams at 206 took wide receiver Mike Thomas from Southern Mississippi. Um, he has some... He showed some flashes early on, but didn't really do anything. They kept him around. Wait, they gave him so many chances. Yeah, they kept him around way too long. I mean, the he did have off the field stuff, which too is like okay when you got when you take a guy at two oh six, and he's not out there screaming like he's some gamer, and he's getting in trouble off the field, and you still keep him around. Like, I don't know. Maybe they had some. He had some unsavory pictures of somebody in the organization. He used it as blackmail. I don't know. But I mean, and he's a Bengal, by the way. It did keep him around too long. He's a bank. He caught 13 passes last year, career high. Yeah. And then the last pick of the draft, I took center Joey Hunt from Texas Christian. You know, didn't do much in the league, but in 206, what do you expect? You know, but if you look at overall in this draft, 
I took some serious weight with Xavier Howard, Deion Jones, Yannick Ndakwe, Austin Hooper, and Blake Martinez. Right there, you gotta you gotta give us a little love for that, right? I mean, so, well, here's my question for you though. At that point, at each point in the draft, were those players available for the Rams to take, or were they already gone? No, they were available to take. That's why I took them. Oh, see, they were the way there. I do it is when the Rams are on the clock. I as soon as they go on the clock, I write down who I want right away because I already know who I want. I'm not in the background trying to make trades and doing all these things on the phone for 10 to 15 minutes like the organizations are doing. I have my board as a fan. I have my guys. I cross them off as they go. And whoever's available, I write it down. So they were absolutely available at those positions. Holy crap, man. (laughs) That's actually pretty impressive. You have more of an attendance span than I do with that stuff. I'm serious. Next year for next year for draft. We got to have you on that. Yeah, let's do it. I mean, I got my, I got this year's draft on my, on my Twitter. It's my pinned tweet right now. You can go look at it. You can see who the Rams took. You can see who I took. You can screenshot it and hang on to it for three years and blast me if I stunk. And if I didn't, maybe somebody will give me a job someday. I'd love to do this for a living, man. Are you kidding me? That'd be my dream job. I'm tired of working in telecom. It's boring. Did you find <laughs> the 2018 draft? I did not do the 2018 draft. I did not do that one. I was at that draft and I was pretty hammered the whole time. Well, if you're hammered the whole time, you might have had, you know, a crazy, you might have picked, you know, a quarterback in the first four rounds. We got a, they, the Rams were awesome and took care of us. Um, a lot of the booster clubs, they gave us an opportunity to fly out to Dallas and let us sit on the floor in our own sections. They had all 32 teams separated in their own sections. It was so much fun. And we were out there for three days. It was great. It was so awesome to be there and to be a part of that. And so that draft I did not do. I didn't do that one. I didn't do um, 18 and I don't think I did 19, but I did do, and I didn't do 20. I just did this year. I took a couple of years off because of just circumstances in my personal life and a lot of things going on. And I just took a break, but this year, during the pandemic, you know, there's nothing to do but sit around inside your house. So I said, you know what? I talked to my brother. I was like, hey, man, we got to get back to, to this. And he's like, man, I've been waiting for you. Let's go. And so this year we did it again. And and uh, we'll see how it turns out in three years from now. You know, we can uh, on the next time I'm on the show, we can go over my 2014 one if you want to, because he sent me that one as well. That was one of my one of my really good ones, too, because. I took Khalil Mack at number two, and my brother gave me a hard time about it right when I wrote him down because he's like, he doesn't even fit your scheme. You don't even need him. Like, why are you? He's like, why didn't you take? He's like, you guys should, you know, you guys are probably going to take the the left tackle from Auburn. I was like, yeah, but he stinks, dude. I don't want that guy. He's like, yeah, I don't like him either, but you're probably going to take him. And I'm like, yeah, I know. It's just frustrating as heck, but yeah, they, took and they did. Predictable. I didn't like that pick whatsoever. I thought that guy was a bust written all over him. 
And, you, you know, amazingly enough, if you watch enough, you kind of get the feeling like they're going to be a bust. Like, you know, like. It Jason wasn't Smith. his play. It was his interviews. When I watched him talk and I just paid attention to his behavior, his mannerisms and this and that, I'm like, this guy's not a tough guy. He's just a big guy. He's going to go up against some real tough guys and they're going to beat his 330 pound six foot six butt into the ground. And that's what they did. Because when you're. And to this day, I'm a, anyone who's listening to this show, I'm going to tell you this right now. There's two types of players in the NFL. There's football players and there's guys who play football. Craig Robinson was a guy who played football, and that's why he is where he is. Okay. I'm telling you when you're out there, it's a whole nother world. And, and listeners, if you played before, you know what I'm talking about. And if you haven't, you don't. It is a war out there, not just physically, but mentally. When I would get on that field, I would emotionally, verbally, physically abuse every person on the other side of that line and make them cry if I had to. I didn't care. That was my job. And after the game was over, I shook your hand and I'd be your buddy. And it, it tripped people out when they played against me. They were like, dude, on the field, you're the biggest jerk ever. And you're insane. I'm like, that's my job. But they're like, off the field, you're like the nicest guy. I'm like, yeah, that's not who I am out there. I'm being... That's my job out there. That's not me. But you have to, you have to, like, uh, what's his name? <sighs> I'm drawing a blank. The linebacker, uh, Sean Merriman, who played for the Chargers, how he had mm -hmm. that light switch on his arm. That's real. That was a metaphor. But make no mistake, that's real. You flip the switch, and that's what we would do. A lot of guys can't do that. And that's why you see him get taken out of the league because they're just it's not for everyone man it's not and that's why when you're looking at these draft picks and you're going to give these guys millions of dollars out of your pocket you better make sure they have what it takes you know and you and oftentimes what you find out is they don't and they, you find out too late and you wonder how in the world did the team not see this how they not catch this in interviews how they not see it in the film but a lot of times, these teams think they can fix somebody. They think they can bring this stuff out of somebody. But you can't change somebody's natural personality. You can't make a soft guy a killer if he's been no. soft all his life. You can't. You can teach the soft guy how to play football. And if he's bigger and stronger and tougher than the guy in high school and college, it builds this false sense of confidence. And then when you get to the NFL... You find out who you really are. That's why guys like Jonathan Martin, the guy that was in the bullying scandal with Richie Incognito. Dude, that guy was soft emotionally. Everyone made Richie Incognito out to be this monster. Dude, he's just being typical football player jerk. That's how those guys are. If you can't handle that environment, you don't need to be there. This is how it is, man. That's just how it is. It's not. It's a barbaric sport. And out there when you're on the field, the stuff that gets said especially back in the day when I played. Now guys are like, you know, playing against each other and like, hey, what's up, bro? High-fiving each other and stuff. And I think that's kind of cool sometimes when you get along with the other guys or whatever. But for the most part, you're not my friend. You're my enemy for the 60 minutes. Then we can shake hands after, dude. You know? But like I said, it's not for everyone. So just keep that in mind. And And when you're... You know, if you're interested in these, you know, looking at these players in college and evaluating them, just don't just don't watch tape. Go watch them being interviewed by people and listen to them and pay attention to the things they say. 
I'm going to really pay attention to Trevor Lawrence's career closely, and I'm going to tell you why. Because of what his dad said three weeks before the draft. He said, my son could walk away from this game right now and he wouldn't care. Okay? I remember that. So I'm going to watch him. And if he plays great for a handful of years and says, I don't feel like playing anymore. I'm just going to retire. I'm going to quit. We'll know why. We'll already know why because his dad said so. Mm. You know, football isn't everything to Trevor Lawrence. I'm going to be watching. You know? Interesting. I'm going to be watching. All those little things, all those little things matter, guys. So pay attention. The devil is in the detail. And we've seen a lot of that over the years. That's just for you, Osmond. All right. It's time for us to go. You can find me on Twitter at DC Paul. You can find Tommy. Ram Tommy in LA. I'm getting used to saying that again. It's been a long time since I've been used to saying that. (laughs) Find us on Twitter at TalkRams, of course, Rams Talk, or websites RamsTalk.net. And don't forget, Bunny Heads, they have their episode out on Tuesday. In the meantime, we'll be back Sunday night. Maybe. It's, it's the offseason. We'll see how you feel. Have a great one. And we're out of here. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.